RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Keep Out on the Drums and Beans. I was just saying that tomorrow is midterms. Tomorrow, finally. Wow, it's here. <laughs> just when you think it would never show up, it, it always does. I know, and it felt like it wasn't going to show up. I mean, hasn't this been the longest trek to midterms we've almost ever experienced? Yeah, well, there's still 24 hours to have a lot of things go wrong. So first, before we get into midterms, I wanted to go through this true the vote story because I we have not talked about it yet. And we're going to be publishing today a piece that Wendy wrote yesterday about it. If you guys do you know what's really going on with the true the vote thing? No. Okay. so Conic, which is this Eugene Yu company that basically what they do is they grab up, they, they do um, almost like HR management for poll workers and stuff like that. So every poll worker in a state or a district or a county or whatever that runs this Conic software registers in the system and it does their time and payroll and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's all their personal information in there. And True the Vote alleged that this data set of these poll workers was being housed over in China, which is in contravention to the contracts. It's not allowed. It's obviously horrible for these people because that data is personal data that shouldn't be in the hands of the CCP. Anything that goes over to China is considered their intellectual property. So if there is a server over in China housing all this data for Conic Software in the United States, can you see why that would be a bad thing? Yes. So they they first gave this information to everybody who was at the pit, which was the conference that they had to go over stuff. I'm not going to get into too much of the minutia. I'm just going to stay very 30,000 foot level with it. But um, what ended up happening was Connick sued True the Vote in Texas for defamation, saying they're saying all these things about us and things we're doing that aren't true. It's defamation. This can't continue. But in the interim, from when they filed that suit until today, the California, that DA arrested Eugene Yu and for the very thing that they were suing True the Vote for. So in other words, the the founder of Conic was arrested for what True the Vote said they were doing. Right. So he's... They still filed defamation though. Before. Right, okay. But that suit continued, even though, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty, right? Just again, 30,000 foot view. So what ends up happening is the judge in the defamation case demands that True the Vote and Greg and, and Catherine and Greg give up the names of the people that were in the room when they were shown this data, how this was done. So they say they basically Connick is accusing them of hacking them. And they're saying, no, we didn't do that. There was an open port. And we were able to like easily somebody, not them, was able to easily grab all this stuff. Again, I'm not getting into too much detail, but there's a lot more. The The 30,000 foot, foot view is, is that the judge is saying, you need to give me the name of the people who were in the room with you when this happened. And what? Did they, ha- they don't have to do that. Well, they're refusing to do it. 
because they yeah they should that's the first amendment right they don't name sources well are they journalists what what's a journalist i'm just saying what is their argument there like i think they're right i don't think they should have to name anybody that they don't want to name but right they're not technically in a journalistic capacity protecting a source you see they what they're saying is that the person that was in the room that the judge is still seeking the identity of is an fbi informant and releasing his information or her information would be basically a death sentence for this person so they refuse to do it now in one of the filings there are a whole bunch of text messages that catherine was having with the fbi because they were apparently working with the fbi on all of this and going back and forth. And so you can read all of those um, in a filing in the court case. But the judge said, you're now in direct violation of my order. You're in contempt, go to jail. And he put them in jail for not giving up this name. Now- Yeah, I saw they got released. They did, last night they got released because they appealed to the Fifth Circuit and the Fifth Circuit judge said, okay, you know, get the rest of the order stands, but they're not gonna stay in custody over this. So I don't really know what happens next other than they're out now. Um, and there's a very serious conversation to be had about this because this is a civil case. It's not a criminal case. It's a civil defamation case. When the actual premise of the defamation is being litigated on a criminal indictment right now. So it's like, do you really, do you really have the, the goods to do this judge? Like, is this really something that you wanna do? Like. It's weird. The whole thing is very, very weird to me. So anyway, that's what's going on. Catherine and Greg have been released from prison, jail, whatever. They're home, I guess. They've released a couple statements and we're following it. Wendy has a piece that'll be going up early this morning, like probably within the next hour or so on it. Is this all connected to 2000 Mules? No, mm -mm. nope. Okay. Separate and apart from 2000 Mules has nothing to do with that. And and, and but, but work in the same capacity? Cause then they would be journalists. For sure. Oh, it would be journalistic work. Um, I suppose it's it's more nuanced than that. Um, I'm sure that there's some reason they can claim other than I just don't want to, but I just don't want to is not workable in a court of law. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that like if we were to get into, it would be the whole show. So I'm like trying to just base it because I get you. I um get you. but anyway, so that's that. So I'm glad they're out. We'll we'll keep track of what's going on over there and and whatever and hopefully get, you know, the story from the horse's mouth so to speak from them today because I couldn't even find the appeal um in the 5th circuit docket anywhere. I searched all night last night trying to find it because it was like, they're out and I couldn't find, I wanna see it. I wanna see what the, I want, I like to read the documents. I like to read their lawyer's arguments. I like to read all that stuff. I you sound a lot like Cory Booker. He likes to read the documents too. Does he? Where are the documents? I'd like to see the documents, please. Um. All right, so moving on from there, on, on tomorrow, on tomorrow, <laughs> we will have the midterm elections. Um, there is so much to talk about here. So I want to talk about a couple different things. I want to talk about what happened with President Trump and Ron DeSantis over the weekend. Uh -huh. I want to talk about the principles of limited government and what we need to do 
to preserve those because what I see happening is a very subtle but deliberative grab of conservatism and pulling it towards the center, which will then ultimately water it down and make it left leaning. Do you see what I'm saying? That That's already what it is. Sort of, but not. So, okay, we'll start there. All right, so. <laughs> this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> okay. Well, first, before we do that, Frank, did you see that Elon Musk suspended Kathy Griffin? Oh, the, and did you see that she's using her dead mother's Twitter account to get yeah. back on? Yeah. Yo, they are, and I'm going to say it again tonight, it shouldn't even be the Democrat Party. It should be the fatal attraction party. <laughs> this should be like the, the Glenn Close, I'm going to cook your pet rabbit in a boiling <laughs> pot of water and take your child to Playland party. They are so sick. They are so sick. And if anybody actually thought, after what we saw over the weekend with Kathy Griffin, if you think these people are really going to leave Twitter, where they are, I, I, it, oh my God, it's so sick. So- Kathy Griffin changed her name to Elon Musk and then started tweeting out a whole bunch of garbage. Now, everybody knows that Elon Musk has more than 2 million Twitter followers, but I think she was making a point about verification is what I think she was trying to do, but she's a dumbass and I, I just despise her. So I have no sympathy whatsoever. Because Elon Musk wants to charge $8 for verification now and basically anybody who pays the $8 can be verified. As long as he has some stringent guidelines on identifying yourself, I don't necessarily mind that at all. Like, I would pay it. It's a big deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, you think it, all you're doing is the, the verification badge was only, I think, at least at first, because a lot of people, I, I still know people, I still bump into people like OGs who have verification badges from yep. way back in the day that have less than 2,000 followers. Yep. It's just you could apply for it. And it's just to make sure that everybody knows because there was a one point there was one point before verification where some that's why people like Donald Trump, his handle was real, real Donald, Donald Trump. Somebody took it. Oh, it's 10,000 parody accounts. So it was an easy way of saying, OK, this is directly from Twitter. This is actually them. Now, uh, it, it, the people are parodying. God knows what else. I don't know what other kind of um what other kind of uh, privileges were doled out with that distinction over the years, but it's ridiculous. And also the, the fact that, because this is another real thing that you're seeing with these whiny, ridiculous journo types, for them to all equate this little blue check to something that is, that is of high quality mm -hmm. from a credentialed person who mm -hmm. would never have, oh my, it's hilarious to see. It's, what they think this means. This I know check. they've and that's the whole reason why Elon did this too. Honestly, he he was like enough of this um, elitist nonsense. It's time to bring this thing back down to earth. Um, but it's funny down here. Look at this. You see this Kathy Griffin parody. This is the first time I've made anyone laugh. And then Elon's underneath there, like laughing. He goes, "If she really wants her account back, she can have it for eight dollars." <laughs> Exactly. I, I love the punchline for eight dollars is fantastic. I mean, this and this is what they don't understand about trolling. This is what they don't understand about trolling. It's um, 
It's beautiful. It's just, I just it's want subtle. It. It, it, it's the the epitome of that of that um, that saying about revenge. How it's a dish best served cold, where there's there's no there's nothing inside that you're like Elon Musk is not phased at all, and that's what makes it so much harder for them that yeah. he just doesn't, he doesn't care, care how they thrash no and they're thrashing her right and nothing's even happened yet can you imagine like the one fact check on the white house was like global news for days biden said something about how social security payments were up and the highest they've ever been under his administration and how great it was and then they put a fact check underneath that saying the reason why Social Security checks are so high is because they're tied to inflation. The White House deletes the tweet immediately. And then John pierre is asked about it in a press conference. And she's like, oh, it was incomplete. There wasn't enough information. And we like to have enough information when we tweet things. So we deleted it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you mean you were shown, your ass was shown for everybody to see and you didn't like it? That's why? Oh. <laughs> Oh, you mean that you used to be able to just say anything and uh, it was pumped out there ad nauseum and anybody who said anything aside from it would get a fact checker review pinned to the side of the of the screen mm-hmm. on the, the trending cork board for three days? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Things are a little bit different now, friends. Yeah, just a little bit. And just a little bit. And like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't really put any... I, I'm not putting all my eggs in the Twitter is reviving the world basket. I'm spending still most of my time on the, the newer platforms that popped up. But in the meantime, this food fight has been fantastic it's to been watch. glorious. I'm just having a little good time. <laughs> Don't take it away from me, please. <laughs> I, I will be back on Twitter if they allow me back on Twitter. I will certainly be back on Twitter. Um, but I love Truth Social and I love um, I love being over there. It's been fantastic just love it over there anyway um okay so over the weekend president trump called ron DeSantis ron DeSanctimonious while in florida in miami dade now nothing i don't think that trump says about DeSantis will harm his chances of re-election in florida i don't think that there's that was a worry even though a lot of people are like how could you do that to somebody right before an election where he's an incumbent and he's a republican and blah 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 I think the reaction in the crowd was very cool. It wasn't, they didn't cheer him very much on it. Um, I got a report from someone there that about a third of the people actually left the rally when he said that, which is interesting. Uh, a third, third of the people left the Trump rally? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, this is, this is something else I was going to dig into today especially with rich tonight yeah so I saw, I saw the tweets so yeah so um you have rich tonight god that's great good for yeah, you well, i i made sure I, I i did this i said every week leading up to the day before and maybe a post-mortem so I well got, if it's uh, anything like 2020 we're gonna be busy for the next six weeks this is gonna be easy i like yeah. i like got i tried to get some sleep last night because i know that today's probably the last day of calm before a six to eight week firestorm of information comes at us so um but anyway let's lay this out for people and, and first we're going to get into the trump uh last week announced or someone leaked to the press that he was going to announce that he's running for president on november 14th so he basically announced already as a pre-announcement right before the midterms, which pissed a lot of people who were following these midterms very closely off 
because as much as we like to think that we are the only ones out there, there's a lot of people out there that are voting for Republicans for the first time that really don't like President Trump. Whether they're, they're, they're misguided, they've got fake news in their brains, they don't like how he tweets, whatever. That is just the reality. There are Democrat crossovers that don't like President Trump that are voting in this midterm for Republicans. Can we make, is, is that agreed upon? Yes. Okay. So the fact that he did that made some of them, as per some internal polls that I've heard about, skittish. Why? It's ridiculous. The midterms have nothing to do with 2024. It's not, it doesn't matter. But just the mere mention of that, like, sent some people running for the hills that were going to be voting R. They said, I don't know now. I'm kind of changing my mind, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's necessarily even anything to really worry about. It's just what was happening. Fine. He goes down there and insults Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis. I think it was a litmus test. I think he was testing the waters to see what the reaction would be if he did that. Because I don't know what Ted Cruz's plans are, but I, I've, there, everybody grumbling about whether or not Ron DeSantis is going to run for president in 2024. He, he is governor right now and hopefully will be on Tuesday if any. I mean, there's no a Wednesday. I, I have zero inclination to believe that he isn't going to completely destroy this election. So let's just put that that way. But let's look at this. So Rich Barris came out with a thread where he was talking about what happened, what's going on behind the scenes. He says that DeSantis is working with a whole bunch of rhino Republicans. That's the one I was looking for right now. I, okay, good. I, I think I have it. I think I have it up. Yeah. Hold on. He, he says that... Um, you know, he's been working that DeSantis has been working about um, like with McCarthy and them as like another option that they want to run for president instead of Trump. Hold on. If you're referring to me, he says, I, I OK, so I got to find the actual thread. But basic, basically, Rich is saying that that behind the scenes, the donor class and and DeSantis are working together to try and ensure that DeSantis is a viable candidate for the 2024 presidency. And that has led a whole bunch of people to be like, well, DeSantis DeSantis is a swamp rat and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up a second. Do I trust McCarthy? Do you trust McCarthy? No. I don't trust McCarthy either. I think I don't like him. I don't I don't think he's going to do what we need him to do. I don't think he should be speaker. I don't I don't. However, my baseline, my baseline is no. Yeah. However, if they don't if they don't run like I think that McCarthy is looking and them are looking at this just because McCarthy is working from the rumor mill with DeSantis behind the scenes doesn't make DeSantis a swamp rat. Like, point to me something. Assigning Joe Latipo as your, Dr. Latipo, as your Surgeon General in Florida so that he can expose to the world the danger of the COVID vaccine is not yeah, a swamp rat thing to do. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty solid. So. I, I know Floridians, I forget all of their, their complaints over the years, but I know Floridians 
that uh, that have had a lot of skepticism and still um, they are very guarded about what they feel that, that no, none of them want to give their hearts completely over to Ron DeSantis because he's done a lot of a lot of wishy-washy things in the past on the state level. But that but um, it, it's still I, I think that I think that they've all they all know that out of the entire union, they have one of the best ones out there. So it's just one of those things you got to take. You, you got to balance it all out. Yeah. Right. So this is what I'm saying. President Trump is going to run again, right? And then it, whether or not DeSantis decides to run is still in the future crystal ball. If he's working with, as Rich says, Jeb Bush, hedge funds, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell behind the scenes to try and secure his support for a nomination, DeSantis, the reason for it is likely a little more nuanced than just the swamp wants Ron DeSantis to run for president, okay? Because let's be honest, there is still a very large portion of this country that despises President Trump. And there are Republicans that do not like President Trump. It is just a fact. That is the the result of a number of different things, many of which have to do with fake news and propaganda wars and narratives that have buried themselves and burrowed themselves into the public psyche. However, there is a very good chance that Donald Trump will be indicted, whether or not he's supposed to be indicted or it's real or it's like, or they're just pulling, you know, they're attacking. I mean, nobody can argue with, like, I am obviously a staunch Trump supporter, obviously, but they're they're likely going to indict him. If they don't indict him, I would be shocked and thrilled beyond my wildest imagination. Just because they indict him doesn't mean he's guilty of anything. And likely he's not guilty of anything. I don't even think that he's guilty of the things that they're looking for in Mar-a-Lago. I've read all of this nonsense. I really don't. It's bull. They're attacking him like they've attacked him for years. They're going after him because he did all the things that he did and he kind of exposed, I mean, he exposed everything, right? But there is a, like, if you're looking at this from a logical standpoint, there is a very large swath of this country who will not vote for someone who's under indictment. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, well, I mean, depends on depends on where the the media is. Obviously, that didn't that didn't do too much for Hillary Clinton. It, um, in that whole investigation. Yeah. I mean, that was just as hot and heavy as anything else. When you have to have the FBI director come out and and uh, and and make several announcements about you and your your friends, and so. It, I don't know. I know. I know he has a little bit less resources in that respect. Does does Donald Trump? But I've been waiting for it. In fact, when I heard about the September or the uh, the November fourteenth date, I thought that it might have been them uh, to try to. I thought that they were. My initial thought was, hey, let's leak it out there November fourteenth, and then we'll announce on November 9th or tenth. Because knowing these freaks, they're probably going to roll out the indictment on November twelfth, mm. just to, just to try to be ahead of them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I mean, I, I just think I, it's I, far too early right now to be even really seriously pondering all of this. Like we have a tendency to get far ahead of ourselves, right? So yeah. we still have got months before we have to worry about any of this, but. 
it's going to be a very difficult uphill climb, even without an indictment. And that's not to say it's insurmountable, but I think that the, look, I have a tweet up here. I I don't know. I think that there is, obviously there are other things going on behind the scenes. There are other things going on, but what's the argument here? Like, do we have another Democrat take the presidency in 2024? Like, you, are know, you, th- you think you think Trump's uh, candidacy will be a tough climb? Yes, certainly do. At know. least at least getting off the ground and probably for the first eight, nine months, because he's got to overcome. Like I, if the left and center are so utterly frustrated and pissed off at what has happened to their party that they continue to vote to the right. And they're just like, we can't take this crazy anymore. You know, I can talk, I can deal with mean, mean tweets and potential, you know, potential document theft. Who knows? Like I can deal with all that. Then we're good. But if there's a significant portion of the country that we need to educate and convince far above what we have had to ever do in the past, it is going to be one of the roughest presidential campaigns probably in history, the only thing that we have going for us or will hopefully have going for us now is access to Twitter. That is probably the only thing that's going to get us to move over more to where we need to be. But we're going to have to tell everybody that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Like it's been hammered. That's not to say I think he shouldn't run. I'm just saying to, to demonize DeSantis without knowing much, right? And then to pit them against each other so early and then to try and pick sides so early is I think and it's a little bit premature. I think we should just wait and see what happens. But don't just throw DeSantis in a swamp rat bucket because somebody said that he's working with McCarthy and McConnell behind the scenes. Just let it let it percolate, let it sit around there a little bit. All you know, we'll get more information, but what I'm saying is don't throw DeSantis into a swamp rat bucket um, and p- consider why McCarthy might be freaking out that President Trump wants to run again, other than it has nothing to do necessarily with him not wanting the swamp exposed or whatever. It might just be viability in his mind. That's all. Well, I, I, as far as McCarthy and McConnell go, uh, they would actually be they would at this point have a lot bigger say and be a lot more influential in a campaign that's centered around Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump can operate to a significant degree outside of their influence. Yes, he can. He certainly in, can. In, in, in a campaign sense, he can go out there and, and book the rallies and raise the money and talk directly to people and all that stuff. And he doesn't I, you know, he doesn't need to lean so heavily on the party Mm-mm. like um, like, like Sanders would or like he did in 2016. Right. Or right. 2020 even like it's much different now. The Lance politics has changed forever because of Donald Trump completely changed. Money isn't even the most important thing in an election anymore because of what not even necessarily things that Trump has done directly, but what has happened because Trump was president. Um People just are done with the BS, particularly when it comes to corrupt politicians and people who are not authentic. They're finished with it. And I was watching the rally in Miami yesterday where he did say, please elect a Governor DeSantis again. I think he kind of realized he maybe and the, the, the nickname didn't even really make sense to me. Why is he sanctimonious? I don't understand. Like 
he has not done a thing to me that makes him appear sanctimonious. I don't live in Florida, but to the outside observer, he hasn't. Um, nobody can argue that Trump propelled him over the finish line as to become governor. But when he became governor, the things that he's done are pretty amazing. So Indeed. yeah, I'm not ready to throw him out because he's working supposedly with McConnell and McCarthy. What's the limitations? I, I, I still to this day have not found out or asked a Floridian, but what are the constitutional limitations down there for governor? One more term. Okay. Oh, got... it's, it's, so if he wins this one, it's his last one anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We figured this cool. out together one year um, live on the show. Oh, well, I don't remember that. It was 2020, I believe. But, um, but that is all to say that if if Trump does run and he wins the primary, which if if he does run, I think that he will. I think that he will have no problem. Maybe it'll be a little contentious, but I think he'll run away with it. Um, he needs to do things differently than he did the first go round, and he needs to surround himself with some people that are going to tell him what's actually going on and not what they want him to hear because he's rich and he's loyal and he gets taken advantage of. And I, if that doesn't happen, we're in for a big problem because nothing will change. So um, there's that. Now, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is this whole concern, like, you know, limited, small, limited government value set. So we've got people fleeing the insanity, Frank. I mean, me and you, we talk about it all the time. There are people running with their hair on fire away from the left because they're nuts, mm-hmm. like straight up. And they are now voting on the right for the first time in in their lives, some of them, which is, I think, way more pronounced than it was in 2020 even, in 2016 even, and 2018. So they're all like, I'm not, I don't belong over there. And I had two columns from this weekend that um, I read that brought me there. Let me find them. No, no. Here's one. Will Biden and the Democrats finally get it? Their far left record has made the far right right more electable. So this guy is a Democrat who goes over all of the things that we know are insane about the left. They're, you know, releasing criminals from jail. They're anti-CRT. They're, um, they're CRT, I'm sorry. The Black Lives Matter stuff that, that Bowser did. How they're going to let violent criminals out. The sexualization of our kids, all the issues that we're very passionate about right now because they're just what normal people would be passionate about stopping. He's saying, because of that, I'm voting straight R for the first time in my entire life. I can't see this happen anymore. If Donald Trump were to ever run, I would change my mind and I would have to vote against him, but I'm voting straight R. This guy is not a Republican or a conservative. He is a realist who understands that society can't function the way the Democrats want it to. He's going to vote Republican and there are millions more like him and they're going to stay tied to the government teeth for health care and entitlement programs and welfare issues and stuff like that. What do you think we do to avoid small government principles from being swept up in the millions of people who are now under the big tent that is sanity and liberty and freedom in this country versus the left? How do we keep our value set and educate these people? Well, as I said before, on, on a national level, we don't have that value set. There's, there's no. That's why I was laughing. Everybody like, um, because they know that abortion is not working. 
they keep screaming about it over here in New York and elsewhere. It's abortion, the women's right to choose. They're going to take your abortions away. And it's not resonating with anybody that they like they thought it would. Mm-hmm. So they have somehow they've tried to expand that and saying, oh, it's very it's simple. You see like the, the White House tweeting the, these graphics out, voting for Democrat, woman's right to choose. And then it's Social Security, Medicare and whatever. And Republicans want to get rid of Social Security, get rid of Medicare, whatever. If Republicans wanted to get rid of Social Security and Medicare, it would have been gone a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're not they're not on that. Any anybody who runs on a Republican Party ticket as a slash medic, you're talking about getting rid of it for tens and tens of millions of people. So that that in itself is you're you're not looking you're not looking at anything significant. All of that all of that you're asking is still just local local movement how what are what are you doing in your counties in your towns and villages and what can you try to spread throughout your state and what kind of ballsy people can you put into your state legislature and in your governor mansion to um to to get your statewide financials in order and finally say i opt out of all of these government programs all of these programs that are illegal and that's it. You have you have to make protective bubbles out of where you live because national politics is never going right. Uh, it's never going limited government. It's not it's not. I mean, you, you might get a little the, the clock ticks a little bit over here, little tick, 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 tick. And then a couple of years later, we tick back to the other. side. It's we're fighting over inches right now. So um, I. I- I think that we're we're so far into this mess now that f- trying to fix Medicare and Medicaid at the federal level is just ridiculous. Like there are so many other things like that's the probably the last thing that they're worried about. At, nobody's campaigning on that, even though the left is trying to say that we are. Nobody can't. But you can't be limited government and, and, and really carrying the banner for small uh, for American traditional, you know, values and have this this massive multi-trillion dollar machine under your feet. The, the same way everybody woke up in 2016 and it's been like four, five, six, how many, seven years now? Oh my gosh. It's been seven years of them learning what the hell has actually been really going on around them. There's a whole new swath of post-COVID people in the same boat who have been subject to tyranny at the same time as they're learning. So it's been a lot more of a jolt awake for them. This guy says this, midterms are always a verdict on incumbents, and if the result next week is a close finish, we can duly see it as a routine, even banal, response to a tough economy, especially inflation. But if it's a real wave, as I suspect it may be, if the Democrats lose even more Latinos and Asians and working class whites, and if suburban white women, freaked by the cost of living and the education system, flee to the GOP, it will be a clarion call to Democrats to move back to being the party of Obama. This is where they're looking to bring the Democrats back to the party of Obama. <laughs> but what is that? Is, is that? Isn't that what we have right now? No, they're saying, and a lot of people feel this way, that the left has gone far left of Obama to a an extreme left bastion that they cannot comport with. But Obama is good. You see? No. He his wife was the one say, talking about fundamental change. He was talking about we need national police force. I know he he, he is a Fabian socialist. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about this. It, the, the whole the only problem is that 
without Obama uh, leading the charge, th- this this silk smooth veneer over the very slowly moving uh, 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 steamroller that that's gone and the steamroller has been put into third gear that's all that's going on here they're still I mean, they st- this guy doesn't get that he's a democrat come they on they don't understand it's so stupid they, it's, which it's, is my point they're gonna yeah. vote against the crazy biden administration he says the whole time biden said he's a moderate biden said this biden's not a moderate his moderacy is not even moderate it's it's what you're talking about well right? the problem is you can't if you're going at 70 miles an hour toward a brick wall and then you bring and then you bring in uh someone who says we're, we're moderate we're going to drop the speed down to 50 miles an hour You're still crashing in the wall you, i mean what, what the hell are you talking about so and and and, and once you go so far down the road uh mentally like where they are right now with 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 sex and with abortion and everything else and you know that if you stay in one place for too long that new norm that paradigm you created eventually becomes oppressive yep. and they need to progress to the next place yep. that's why it gets more and more deconstructionist and more crazy so it, it depend just based on where they are on the game board whether they're who if they bring in an obama type to make him go even 10 miles an hour instead of 70 that's like saying i i i want to take the stage four cancer and bring it down to two i think we can really have a good time with two stage two and they're they're just they don't even understand who they are he is voting republican this cycle because of the fact that the city council in dc is now talking about releasing and not prosecuting certain criminals for violent crime in in the city when he lives there and sees violent crime skyrocketing all over the place. So he's like, Democrats aren't doing it for me anymore. I have to vote for the Republicans for the first time in my entire life. Whether he's right in his, understand he's doing that. That's what he's doing, okay? Great. Now it's our job in our local areas to convince these people why limited small government stops the problems that he's voting against right now and why Democrats will no longer be sufficient to stop those problems, regardless of how they run, because there isn't a moderate Democrat anywhere outside of Joe Manchin. And even he screwed up because he's there. They don't exist. They really don't. They don't. I'd say you're never going to stop the problems because the problems are rooted in humanity. Humanity, especially when you get a large mass of humanity together, the bigger the mass of humanity you put together, the bigger the problems are going to be, and they're all very predictable problems. What the federalist system, which I don't think that we're that that we have a, a I think that like I said, we have to concentrate local and create little um, little almost like bomb shelters from what's going to happen nationally now. Um, the federalist system allows you to isolate problems so that when lunatics, just like the people that we see represented in little cliques like that stupid squad and all the other shit, lunatics like we're seeing day to day with one bad idea over another that keeps getting more and more, you know, concerning, they are relegated to, you know, Rhode Island. They're relegated to trying to make these ideas play out in places like Wyoming and, and, and Colorado. And if it doesn't work, 
they're going i mean they're going let's say let's say people allow them to go and bring their bad ideas to the end result then at least they only collapse the state economy at least they only collapse the state education system whatever the hell it is that's what we have we've created a system it's a union where people can experiment you can do whatever the hell you want based on what you can raise locally and what the regional customs and culture dictate according to whatever constitution you've drafted for your state that's really what it is you're never going to take the problems out of humanity all of this is not we, we we try to like personalize personify the marble buildings in washington dc government is not a it's not like a, a golem that we created outside of us it's us the majority of people who have decided now that they're going to start voting Republican are going to take all of their leftist, hardcore, big government ideology with them. Whether they live in small town Missouri or they live in a big city like New York City and they're going to vote for Lee Zeldin because they see what's happening around them. They're going to be still clinging on to the things that they think makes government work. It is incumbent upon us to make sure that we slowly but surely educate them on why those things are BS while they have their eyes open instead of letting them take 16 steps into our into our sphere with their eye. It's almost like when you... Um, are flooded by a bunch of northerners moving south that take all their political leanings with them but want the cheap gas or the cheap uh, you know cost of living and no taxes and then they start voting democrat and ruin where they are it's almost like if you just let that happen without doing anything to try and educate the people why it's better here and then we're gonna lose small government conservatism we will lose it completely it's almost lost now if we don't make sure to keep those ideas front and center and talk about them, we will lose them because these people will never learn otherwise. That's my point. We will lose it. If you don't talk to your neighbors who are like, oh man, I voted Republican for the first time ever. I couldn't have, and then say, the reason why is because we ceded control to the state of education and this is what they did and blah. The reason why your gas prices are really high is because the reason why inflation is, is because educate, 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 educate on small er government. I know we don't have it right now anyway, but explaining at least the basics will help. That's my point. Yes, we haven't had it since 1830. That's when we really lost lost uh, our civics education. My, That's my, when we, my daughter's taking yeah. it right now, by the way. It's good. I, and there's, there's plenty of ways for people to educate themselves. And, and because it these conversations are had are being had. And that's the best part about this all. Um, it's, it's good that that there are places on the internet that have kind of popped up again. And we're seeing, of course, this, this jockeying for power over Twitter. Um, so it, it'll be nice just to see those who have been pulled in by the uh, the, the whirlpool of, of insanity, of socialist, mar cultural Marxist insanity to, to be pushed back on without having a wet blanket thrown on top of them. Because I, for those who don't understand and have more questions than they have answers and um, and are trying to figure out what the hell makes more most sense. It's good to watch people debate. You know, you're never nine times out of 10. You're not going to you're not going to change the mind of the person who has decided to take you on publicly on the Internet mm -hmm. on one issue or another. It's a pride issue. It's, Again, it's a human issue. You're not budging them. But there's a lot of people who are a little bit uh, 
they're a little bit softer on their stance and they don't understand what's going on that are seeing everything the the give and the take with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and it, it it makes a difference it does so the ability to have a place to talk about this stuff is great now does that is that going to fix national politics no but it, it it can it can inspire people to do stuff where it really matters and you can really affect change quickly and that's local well i mean that's that's where the focus has to be because national politics are like your house seat is a local race for goodness sakes it's the most local yeah. of races you can have other than like you know sheriff or dog catcher they're going to represent you in u.s in the u.s house right but um Speaking of all of that, I want to do 15 minutes on like the state of the races across the country for t- tomorrow. If you had to pick one state, Frank, what state would you pick that they are trying to steal? Oh, well, well, it's it's apparent to me that Pennsylvania is a very, very important thing for them. Yep. That's it. Um, the yep. the uh, Pennsylvania is probably number one, and they really want people to start believing that that Nevada is nothing but blue as well. That's that's going to be a, a rude awakening for them. Very I know. Rude. It's, it's Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Nevada are are very are, are chief targets for them these days. I think that they're starting to realize that Florida is not not going to be theirs for a long time. You know what bothers me about Nevada right now? What? Latipo, uh, not Latipo. Uh, Lombardo is running for governor. The guy who was in charge of the Vegas shooting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Joey Gilbert ran against him in the primary and he lost, which is debatable, I guess, by some people's standards. Um, Some people think that Joe Latipo didn't win. Not Joe, I keep saying that. Um, Lombardo didn't win and and, uh, Joey Gilbert did. But that's Nevada, and Nevada seems to be going to the liberty and freedom-ish column. Pennsylvania is the one I think they're really gonna, they're really the, banging for. The, the fact that they're, 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 they're trying, I don't believe the polls. I mean, everything that Rich says is that there is at least a couple of points separating a, a, a leading Oz to the Fetterman guy. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, to, to really look at these, you're talking about two two liberals uh, but obviously one's better than the other and that's for pennsylvanians to 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 really uh come up with what the what to do but i really do believe that if they're able to push this fetterman guy in it, it's it's so much uh, i think it's so much more of a taunt that look we we put a person who has been and i'm clinically retarded we we let's it we are sent we I, we know you know what we're doing. Yeah. But still, we sent a clinically retarded person to the Senate. To the Senate. Well, isn't it funny how all of the all the times that they're going to steal something, it it hinges on somebody who's just so ridiculous that it's it's almost comical. Like Joe Biden did not obviously win more votes than than Obama did, right? Obviously, and he's obviously. retarded. He he's just it was so asinine to think that that man had that kind of support same thing with fetterman he's so comical it's a comical caricature of a human being at this point worse than by the two of them together forget it have you did you see that rally oh my goodness but they're trying to steal pennsylvania i said this morning on the pre-show that pennsylvania is the north carolina of 2022 
of 20 like so north carolina in 2020 was the state they held on the side just waiting to see if they'd need it they didn't call the election results in north carolina until weeks later and they did it very quietly when they did it point that's a good point they kept it out there they kept it hanging in the balance to see if they'd need it and then when they didn't they gave it to trump that's probably what they did just 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 hold it out until okay okay well we got enough let them take North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they did. And they're doing the same thing with Pennsylvania. They're going to do the same thing. It's the same thing. Pennsylvania is the same. They're going to wait and see how the rest of the Senate races around the country play out. And if they need Pennsylvania, they're going to pull out the the card. I'm telling you. That's the other thing. When you talk about the so-called moderates that want the Obama Democrat Party back, it, um, you look at someone like Kathy Hochul in New York, who had Bill Clinton, who has had zero star power for for almost over a decade, yeah. decade and a half now. Yeah. Doesn't work, does it? He used to be like the, the, the ringer that you brought in to, uh, <laughs> to, to whip up votes because everybody loved when he spoke. Yeah. Uh, doesn't work. Then you have, they, they, bring, they brought in Obama and Oprah. And Even everybody. Obama is so tired now. They, but they tried. You remember they tried to. They brought in him and Oprah and everybody else they can muster into Georgia to try to push Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. over the finish line. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. Nope. And and to, and to think that I, I saw somebody said, well, um, Joe Biden and Obama and all the heavy hitters are going to Pennsylvania to ha- help out Fetterman. They, heavy hit. You have no heavy hitters. You you have whatever the hell kind of ground game you have left over from 2020 that you think that you can pull off again in 2022 is all you have. Your stars. Do not move the needle for anyone. They don't move the needle for anyone. Obama has no sway. He really doesn't. He doesn't. He could barely, like, they went nuts that he had 3,000 people in an arena, Frank. 3,000 people in an arena. Meanwhile, we've got, you know, President Trump has, like, tens of thousands of people at every single rally, basically. So, hmm. And I got to say, it was interesting to me that DeSantis went up to help Zeldin in New York. I get the political posturing of that. I understand. Kathy Hochul was on some channel over the weekend pounding how Lee Zeldin is just like President Trump because I guess she thinks that New Yorkers really don't like President Trump as a whole. But I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think it's just a city that she's worried about. And she might not even he only needs 30 percent of Manhattan or of uh, the five boroughs, Frank, to win. Zeldin. Well, he'll, he'll, he would get Staten Island. He's going to get Staten Island. The Orthodox Jewish folks are voting for him in droves. The, they're, they're, they, he, they endorsed him. That's Brooklyn. A lot of it anyway. A good portion of Brooklyn. I, I, I actually I actually think that you're going to get a lot more a lot more people just in general that that aren't really part of one religious group or one neighborhood or another there's just as you said before there's a lot of people who are just thinking radical that they have to do something completely different than they've ever done before even though even if they don't understand the nuances of of uh republican party history what's left to lose what's left to lose honestly like People are looking at this choice like, okay, she was never elected. I didn't put this woman in office. I don't care that she's from Buffalo, right? I don't give a crap that she's from Buffalo. Look at what she's doing. She's doing nothing for us except, you know, I'm sure that 
people up in Buffalo aren't happy that she's, you know, monitoring their social media to take away their guns. She thinks, she really thinks that taking guns away from people who legally own them and abortion are the two top issues that people in New York are thinking about. What? Are, and she's blaming the Long Island taxes on, on, on Trump, which, which really irks me because nobody understands that all he did was yank away the, 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 the tax credit to offset the property taxes. It's it's all a big. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if she actually believes it or if she's just carrying the cross that she was assigned to carry, because she's she. I, I mean, I I can't wait to. Uh, you've seen the the MSNBC uh, appearance that she made. I don't she know. Was, she was pretty shocked how how they pushed back on her. Oh yes, that's it was eight minutes long or something. They were rough on her. Rough on her, and then they. Uh, and then uh, whatchamacallit, they, it was something else. I forget. Oh, shoot. Oh, it was that. And it was also CNN on uh, pushing back on Biden. Yes, they're actually doing that. But, they, you know, for for weeks they were they were talking about how, you know, it looks like it's going to be like Drudge. Let, I just want to pull this up. Hold on. Let's do this. For a couple days they had at the top of Drudge how um, what the percentage of the, the, the right winning the Senate would be. 55% chance Republicans take Senate, you know, 35% chance Republicans or whatever. Now it's now it's all about Carrie Lake, who had the white powder delivered to her office over the weekend, by the way, that they had the hazmat come out for. Just because, you know, the left is very, very peaceful, Frank. Very peaceful people. Yeah, they're, 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 they're tremendously peaceful people. And and Carrie Lake's office and that whole thing, that's just another example of them, how they fight for their democracy. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Everything's at stake right now. Political violence is is almost inescapable at this point, Frank, you know? But they use, they're trying to bring back on Lake right now, the day before the election, that she was supposedly... A liberal. She practiced Buddhism. She detested guns. She's a liberal to the core. Um, she was friends with the drag queen. All of this has already been litigated in the court of public opinion. They're they're recycling these things the day before the election because she's right now being looked at in a sympathetic manner because she was attacked. Again and and, and again, what what are people supposed to care about this stuff at, at this point? You know, I, I don't I don't know. Donald Donald Trump multiple marriages. Uh, a billion dollar playboy in Manhattan spent a lot of time hanging out on 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 Howard Stern so he's he knows his fair share of drag queens himself I mean I don't uh, what what it gets to a point where what this is supposed to be what holds people back it's we're at a, yeah it's I mean it's not going to work but this is what they're doing because Carrie Lake is going to run away with the damn thing they can't steal Arizona anymore they can't she's well, running away with that? it what 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 makes you so confident about that? Has something changed there that I don't know? I don't know. I'm I'm asking seriously. Oh, in Arizona, I don't know what's oh, she, what's changed there? She's up like, well, for, she's up like eight points. Oh, she she's six to eight, anywhere between there. Sometimes four or five, depending on the poll. I mean, she's just like running away with it. There's, and and the sentiment around is is the same. I mean, Kat, Katie Hobbs can't even have an an event and and get people to show up at it. I mean, it, it's. And Carrie yeah, Lake, she seems to have completely seeded the entire the entire thing. I yeah, yeah. I just it, didn't know if if on the on the ground, like mechanically, anything had changed. 
Um, n- n- no, no. Well, other than the fact that everybody there is so vigilant, so they're all like working the polls, and they're all, you know, everybody got involved after Arizona was like the the, the focal point for fraud in two thousand and. 20 so everybody really busted their humps to get involved there and same day in-person voting is something that Carrie Lake used to win her primary that's how she won against her rhino incumbent and Katie Hobbs wanted her to win because she thought she'd be easier to beat so all throughout primary season the Democrats were supporting what they said were the quote election denier extremist candidates in primaries so they'd cross over to vote for them they'd do all kinds of things get them all in and now they're all winning which is something they really didn't anticipate happening so the the left supported the quote extremists which are actually normal people they're all winning against the incumbents that you know or against the democrats that supported the really failed strategy that backfired um the two races that I'm really looking at are J.D. Vance, uh, not J.D. Vance, uh, Blake Masters, and um, I'm looking at the Dixon Senate uh, governor's race in Michigan. I really would Ma- like Tudor Dixon to win. I heard about the Michigan one. She, uh, Gretchen Whitmer and her are like neck and neck in Michigan where she needs to win by like three or four to win by one. Like Michigan is just a fraud warehouse. Isn't it sick that we have to have that conversation Somebody needs to win by five to win by one because yeah. of the fraud. Gross. Yep. Yeah, it's I know. I know. And you see you see how they're they're reacting in Brazil. I, I really have to look into into that a little bit more. That's another thing I was gonna ask uh I was going Rich. to ask Rich about tonight. Because there's there's just some people who who think the uh the Brazil election is totally fine and then of course you have this massive i all what i always used to what what was told to me by a lot of my south south american friends was that what you guys are experiencing in the united states now with the con the raising in consciousness and the the knowing that there's blatantly fraud going on in every major and minor election uh we we've been living with this for generations before Mm -hmm. which is telling yeah and that the stakes are so high now because you know, it's 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 one thing for it's one thing for Brazil to be overtaken by a local party and everybody wants to uh, control the Treasury or Venezuela. Everybody wants to control what the what's done with the oil and all that stuff. But now that we are in a global end game and at Brazil and all these places are so important to U.N. schemes mm. and everything else, uh, that's. That's why this is so um, interesting. Why I pay attention to that a lot more because we're really all we're all we're facing the the, the same uh, the same schemes. It's a world. It's a global thing right now. Yes, globalist. It is globalist for sure. Um, uh, everybody, go out and vote tomorrow. I wanted to touch on this. There's a hurricane incoming. By the way, I don't know if you kn- knew that. There's yeah. a hurricane coming off the coast of Florida. It just uh, it's got a ninety. 90- percent chance of formation i had the tropical tidbits map pulled up they really don't know a path yet right now it looks like the east coast of florida is gonna get it um it, the cone went all the way up into south carolina where i'm at i i it's really a very weird track and um it's strange there it is on the screen right now it, it looks like there are a couple of of uh spaghetti plots that take it up more into the southeast and when does it hit? Um, does it give us a chance to vote? 
I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Interesting. Um, non-tropical, subtropical, Monday morning, 45. Yeah, it looks like by Thursday or Friday, um, actually Wednesday, Wednesday, it'll be uh, like right off the coast of Florida. It's a very weird track. We're just going to keep watching it, but it's not going to impact the election. Um, Sweet. Everyone go out and vote. On Wednesday, we'll be back with a wrap, with a uh, recap of what happened Tuesday, which I expect to be absolutely insane. Right? I'm, I'm, uh, I am, I don't know. I'm just boiling with excitement. Go out and vote, Frank. Go out and vote your heart out for Lee Zeldin. I'm going to vote so hard that when I walk out of the booth, they're going to say, whoa, we're going, <laughs> we're, we're going to make sure that that counts as 10. <laughs> Are you going to wear a blue shirt? Uh, no. What, what's a blue shirt mean? I mean, if you wear a blue shirt, maybe they will count your vote 10 maybe times. Maybe they will count as 10, yeah. Well, I won't wear this shirt. But I'll, uh, yeah, no. We'll see what happens. I'll probably just show up in a plain white tee and a, and a Halloween mask. That'll do it. Um, they, they won't check my ID, so it doesn't matter. They don't check it anyway. I know. So you have been listening to the Monday pre-midterm uh, election show, um, Dark Delight podcast. You can uh, with... Frankie Val on the drums and... <laughs> Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time or 8.30 a.m. in the morning live on Rumble and Getter. Um, you can hear us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Wednesday. See you then. Later.